The Recovery Greenhouse is a radio show and podcast dedicated to the growth of ideas, concepts, and outlooks that support recovery and recovering communities. I'm Gerald Lott, your host and a person in long-term recovery. I'm also founder and executive director of Sauk Valley Voices of Recovery, a recovery community organization serving Northwest Illinois. I'm a certified recovery support specialist, entrepreneur, and a father, and after a long list of careers, I found my calling helping others to find recovery. I work with many, many people every day, several addiction-related advisory boards. I was just asked to be the uh, Illinois Director of the National Peer Recovery Alliance, and my core belief is that people must make an effort to change their lives for recovery. There's a saying, no pain, no gain, and that's exactly correct. A person cannot experience significant life changes without enduring, accepting, often welcoming discomfort. It isn't the change that hurts us, it's our resistance to it. Today, my guest is is someone who I I met in the recovery circles that I I run in and um, have come to see her not only as a colleague, but as as a true friend. Um, In fact, I spent New Year's Eve at the Bears game with uh, her and her husband and my, my youngest son, and we just had an absolute blast. And uh, so I, I, you guys don't understand at home. Half of this is my work. Half of this is just me talking to my buddy. And and today that buddy is Laura Fry, Executive Director of Arlington Heights, Illinois-based harm reduction agency, Live for Lolly. Hey there, Laura. Hey, Gerald. This is How's so exciting. Thank you for being on the show with me. Love it. Yeah, so I got I gotta I gotta jump right in. A lot of people that listen to this show um won't know what harm reduction is. Um in some circles, harm reduction is a kind of scary word. So tell me about harm reduction and live for Lolly. Sure, and I understand that because um it definitely was scary to me 10 years ago before I started doing it. But really, Gerald, we all practice harm reduction every day. Uh, When we put our seatbelts on, when we brush our teeth with fluoride, um, when we get vaccinations, when, I mean, we're doing harm reduction every single day. Uh, So what does that look like in, in a substance community or with substance users? We, we do whatever we can to try and help people be as safe as they can be. And not just in the current moment, but to have a safe future because it's much, um, it's much better seeking recovery when you don't have um, a life-threatening disease. And uh, a lot of harm reduction provides safer using supplies so that people don't spread bloodborne pathogens. So, so that's a great explanation. And we're going to dive deeper into it. Tell me, Live for Lolly, the history, where it comes from, what they do, where do people find it? Would love to. It's my favorite topic. Um, Live for Lolly <laughs> was founded in 2009, so we're in our 15th year, after the overdose death of a 20-year-old young man named Alex Laliberte. His nickname was Lolly. So we live for Lolly because he didn't make it past 20. Um, 
he he died before his family even knew that he was using substances before he ever got a chance to get help. So his family wanted to be sure that um, no other family had to go through this as alone as they felt. And we were born. Um, we have our corporate office, which is located in Arlington Heights. We just recently, uh, in the last three months, opened an office in Rockford. We serve seven counties, Suburban Cook, Lake, McHenry, DuPage, Kane, Boone, and Winnebago. So is it just you and the dogs or is it, I mean, how many people do you got working with you? We currently have 22 staff members wow. and that has grown just in the past two to three years, which is wow. pretty amazing. So is this like state funded? Is this grants? Is this donors? What, you know, how, how did... How does this happen? All, all of the above, about 60% of our funding comes from grants. And we have local, state, and federal grants. Um, the McHenry County Mental Health Board is what funds our program in McHenry County. We have uh, a super grant, Substance Use Prevention and Recovery Division of DHS. Um Cook County Department of Public Health helps us out with our suburban Cook County program. And we also have a couple of uh, family foundations that fund our mobile outreach project. We have uh, two mobile outreach vehicles that actually go out into the community. When we say we meet people where they're at, which is a common harm reduction phrase, we literally meet people where they're at in their community, um, providing whatever services or resources they might need. So so how does Laura come to be the executive director? Are you in recovery? Are you family member? What, what? Um, all of the above. I am in um, what I define as long-term recovery. I uh, ended my chaotic relationship with drugs uh, 40 years ago and alcohol about 20. I'm not someone who counts days, so I don't really know when that all happened, but it's been that that long at least. And I found Live for Lolly when I discovered in 2012 that my son was an IV heroin user. Mm. And, you know, my first, like a lot of the parents that that I help because I also am a peer recovery support specialist. But my first thought was heroin. Who does heroin? I had no clue. Um, and then I, I found this whole world of an awful lot of people that use substances not only not only for enjoyment, but as a coping mechanism to trauma or other undiagnosed and or diagnosed mental health issues i you know you said something about people using drugs first of all i love your chaotic relationship with drugs because that is so accurate but um you said something about well people use drugs for fun or whatever and you know other than the first few times i don't remember drugs being all that fun no. um 
You know, it, it, it quickly went from, hey, have this, it'll be a blast, to a, a job. It, it became, you know, it, And, it became, and the things, the things you know. that we would do um, to get what we needed, Yeah. you know, that's, that's really when I, when I see people on the street, when I go out and do street outreach, um, I know, you know, I know what these women are doing um, to, to feel well or to feel normal or whatever it is that they are looking for. I, I know what that's like. And um, that's really what, what drives me to want to keep doing this. Uh, radical love. That's what harm reduction is to me. Uh, radical love. And I radically love each and every one of them. You know, it, it's so funny that when you say that, people at home won't get it, but I do because I see that in you. You know, you are you are the most giving, the you know, just the biggest smile, the hug giver. So um, I see that in you, and um, thank you for doing it. For for And that's what like I do when being I'm on everyone. the truck. I will I will see a friend and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you. And I'll drop up, jump off the truck and give them a big hug. And because I do hug everybody, it's true. But I'll I'll never forget um, last winter. I saw someone that I hadn't seen in, gosh, probably three or four months. And I jumped off the truck to give him a big hug. And he said to me, he put his hands up and he said, Miss Laura, I haven't showered in a week. I really don't want you coming close to me. And I'm like, are you telling me that you don't want a hug? And he goes, no, I love your hugs. And I said, bring it in. Doesn't matter to me. I didn't shower today either. But, you know, that kind of I never forget him because that. Um, that really spoke to me about how, I don't know, how bad these people feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. And whether you have showered or not, you still deserve a hug. You still deserve respect. You still deserve dignity. And I see on the street, the people that we serve really don't get a whole lot of that. So let's talk about that. When you say the people that we serve, what, what, if, if I'm out on the street and I see the live for Lally bus coming around the corner, what, what's coming? What, what's on that bus for me? You know, people think that that often all we do is give out um, apparatuses for people to use drugs, but it's You're talking so about much syringes, more. you're talking about the safe uh, pipes. Yeah, syringes, pipes, condoms, all of that stuff. But, you know, that's, that's really just a small part of it. Uh, we also give out toiletries, and so many of these people do not have the appropriate toiletries to cleanse their bodies, which is just think about that. You know, I, I can, I take a shower and I have six different shampoos because I use different things. They have nothing. So toiletries, we give out snacks. One of the communities that, that we serve, Waukegan, they don't even have a grocery store. So oftentimes people will tell us their only source of fresh fruit is from us. 
Wow. And that's a shame. People should not have to live like that. Um, one time, and this also happened in Waukegan, we had um, maybe a middle-aged uh, Hispanic woman come up to the truck and she only spoke Spanish, which I don't speak, but my niece does. So I called her on the phone real quick. And I said, can you talk to this lady? I don't know what she needs. And I'm going to try not to cry, but you know, I cry all the time. <laughs> this woman said, I see the purple truck as the helpers and my electricity has been turned off. I don't know what to do. Nothing to do with substances. Um, but she saw us as the helpers. So I took her to her township and I told them she needs an LHEAP form. We need to get her electricity back on. Right. And that's what we did. So we really will help anybody with anything. I like to refer to us as uh, resource dealers. Mm -hmm. There's other dealers out there. We deal resources. Uh, we help people navigate the treatment system, which can be a struggle. Uh, we connect people with um, doctors that want to get on a medication-assisted recovery path. Um, housing. Housing is harm reduction. And it, it's really difficult to try and maintain some semblance of recovery when you're worried about having a roof over your head consistently. I so was... we help with that. Well, first... For those at home, I'm talking to Laura Fry, a uh, friend of Voices of Recovery and executive director of Live for Lolly out of Arlington Heights in the Rockford area. Um, Laura, I was on a uh, a meeting recently. I can't recall if you were on it or not. And a woman was talking about the solar-powered homeless pods. And if you could picture the capsule that Superman came to earth in, right? <laughs> you know, about maybe about four feet tall, about eight feet long. And it's got a door that kind of opens like that. And this organization was trying to find money to get about a dozen of these. And, the, and they're kind of made in a way that they can be easily cleaned. They're not for somebody to live in for long. It's like on a 30 degree below zero night. You could crawl in this thing, close the door. It'll give you some heat and you could sleep, you know, and it was just the coolest thing. And, and you know, I guess I never think of that sort of thing as harm reduction. I, I've associated, I'll be honest, I, I've, I've associated harm reduction with the syringe services and, and that. And in the recovery world, there's a lot of uh, animosity towards harm reductionists. Uh, people don't understand. I like to think I get it, but I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm just kind of that. I love that. And, you know, I, I wasn't always like this. I kind of came to harm reduction, kicking and screaming, if you will, when my son was using heroin in my house. I would find, in fact, he loves to tell people this. I found his bottle of naloxone, which is the opioid reversal drug, 
and I threw it out because I didn't know what it was. Mm. Now I carry it with me everywhere I go. There's a box sitting here on my table. It it just goes everywhere. And I would find his syringes, Gerald, and I would break them in half and I would leave them for him to find because I was going to show him. And if I, this was my thinking, which I know now um, is is false, but I thought, you know, if I, if I break his syringes and he doesn't have a way to use, then he won't. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's not how this works. Um, and I'm very grateful that he came through uh, his heroin use disorder without any lasting diseases because it wasn't that I helped him because I was the exact opposite. I've met him and he's a very nice young man. And, Thank uh, you. You should be very proud of them. I so when you, when you speak of these diseases, I mean, what, what, give me some stats. What's out there? What, what's happening to these people? I mean, I know about xylosine is just literally, you know, driving the amputation rates up because of, uh, because of the abscessing and, and, and all that. They call it the flesh eating drug, but yes. you know, what else is out there? It's horrible. Um, you know, HIV AIDS is still is still around. Uh, one of our staff members um, talks about the importance of syringe exchange because he lives with HIV. Mm-hmm. And he lost his brother to full-blown AIDS. His brother died 12 years ago. There were there weren't any of these services out here. So they all used and shared together and um you know that's something that he has to live with mm-hmm. what is, is there is there hepatitis still out there oh yeah there's i mean all three hepatitises a b and c uh uh-huh. can be transferred um in blood and hepatitis c i don't know if you know this it can last for 62 days inside a syringe or another piece of equipment. Um, I was a, among other things, a crack user. Mm-hmm. And when you when you smoke crack, it makes your lips very dried out and they crack and they bleed. And then you share your pipe with your friend and whatever you have, they have. And whatever they have, now you have. And, you know, oftentimes I, I've heard people say, well, then they shouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. In a perfect world, you're right. Probably shouldn't. But, um, you know, and until we can help them with their quality of life, they're going to continue to do what they're going to do to be able to get through life every day. And I, I just feel that People should be able to, and this this might be controversial, people should be able to use whatever it is they're using with dignity and without being worried that they're going to get a disease that's going to kill them. I believe so I in think, bodily... I think, I think you just got to the controversy, right? And that is, are you giving them these supplies so that they can continue their use are you giving them the supplies 
with the hope that they'll live long enough to get into recovery. And, you know, when I say that I came into it weird, my organization distributes Narcan. Um, I've heard people say that Narcan is, or naloxone is a harm reduction product. But I've also heard people say, no, it's just, you know, how we kind of clean up after the problem. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, I guess it's where you, where you sit. Um, but I do agree that you can't recover a dead guy. You can't counsel a dead guy. You can't take a dead guy to a meeting. I guess you could, but yeah, and I mean, I I like to say naloxone enables breathing. That's that's what it does. And without oxygen, we can't we can't do anything, whether it's find recovery or you know, come to terms with our mental health, get the health care and counseling that we need. So is that part of live for lolly? Like if I'm getting, if I'm getting syringe services or I'm getting smoking uh, apparatus from you, are you also kind of, you know, hit me with every once in a while, you know, if you need counseling, we're here. Absolutely. Um, and everybody who uses a substance also gets naloxone, also gets test strips. We hand out um, three different kinds fentanyl test strips, xylazine test strips, and benzodiazepine test strips so that people can test their drugs. Uh, I often have people say to me, um, well, is that going to stop them from using? Probably not, because if I just spent money on a product, I'm not going to just throw it out, but I might alter how I use it. I might use less. I might be sure that someone knows that I'm about to ingest and to check on me. And that's, I do see that with, with people who use substances. They will use more carefully if, if they know what's in it. So, so throw me some numbers. What kind of, like, 15 years, how many people have you guys helped? How many people? Well, we see, how many, we serve. Not, how many Narcans have you given? I know you know this one because I heard at a fundraiser for you, you gave a, you gave the stat. So I know what it is. Yeah, we do. Um, I'll tell you, before a few years ago, we, we didn't keep a whole lot of um, hard data because we were all volunteers and, you know, we just kept doing the work. You know, there's always a fire that has to be put out. But the last five years, we we serve about 8,000 people a year. Mm. And when I say serve people, that means all the services that we do, not just drug supplies. We have a very robust uh, peer support system. Many of us are peer recovery coaches. We um, host peer support group meetings six days a week, Smart Recovery, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, we have a um, sibling grief support group. We have a regular grief support group. Um, so we see a lot of 
a lot of people in our meetings too. So about 8,000 people. I think in five years, we've given out 27,000 boxes of naloxone and there's two doses in a box. So I'm not good at math, but you know, that'll uh, tell you how That's many doses. Very, very many. <laughs> very, very yes. many. And we also have a very robust mail-out program where people can fill out a form and they can receive supplies, test strips, naloxone in the mail. So we really tried to remove as many barriers as we could so that people can access what they need. So you're saying somebody could go to your website, they could call Live for Lolly and and uh as for people at home, that's live L I V E, the number four, and then Lolly, L-A-L-I. Um, but people could call you and you would mail out these supplies to them. Yeah. Is that is that limited to your counties or oh no. What's the farthest <laughs> you've mailed to? Uh, we have um, a few people who regularly order from a small town in Alaska. Really? Because there, there is nothing out there. Um, so all, all over this country, we don't ship internationally. But what we also do when we have someone outside of Illinois that requests supplies, we do the research to connect them mm -hmm. with uh, a harm reduction agency or a nonprofit in their area because the supplies are great, naloxone is great, but really people need a connection so mm -hmm. that when and if they do want to take it further, you know, they they have that. Okay. I, uh, I want to switch gears. Again, my guest, Laura Fry from Live for Lolly. I want to shift gears, Laura. I was at your most recent uh, fundraiser, and uh, I was just blown away by the political firepower you had in the room. You know, um, almost every state representative from the state of Illinois that has their hand in the substance abuse and mental health uh, game was at this event and was showing direct Un, 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 uh, unimpeachable support for what you guys are doing yeah. and uh, how do you cultivate that what what do you think is behind it yeah we're we're very lucky to have the legislative support that we do the law enforcement support that we do and you know really it's and that's a big part of my job is networking i get out there i meet with people I share my personal story because when I when I go out there, yeah, I'm Laura Fry, the executive director, but I'm a person who used drugs, and people hold me to a different um, a different level. And when I say, you know, this is this is why I know that we need to hand out crack pipes because I used to smoke it, and this is what happened to me. And people don't don't look at me like someone who used to do some of the things that I did. And that, for me, that opens the door to, you know, thinking, wow, this can really happen to anyone. 
It really can. And then I talk about the biggest driver, which is the fact that I'm a mom and my son was shooting dope. And, um, you know, all of, all of the things that went into raising two amazing young men, uh, you know, the stay-at-home mom, the scout leader, the sports, the church activities, dinner at the table every night. I mean, we we did all of that, and heroin still entered our house. Right. And I think when when we share our personal stories, I I'd like to see us all live our recovery out loud, out loud and proud. Because it demystifies it. It takes that stigma away. Um, so that's that's how we get legislative support and uh, community support. And it really never ceases to amaze me. I never really meet someone who doesn't know someone, who hasn't been impacted somehow. Uh, my brother, my cousin, my next door neighbor, everybody knows someone that's been impacted by substance use. It's not just, you know, that that thing that's on Lower Wacker or on the west side of Chicago. It's it's everywhere. And, and there's no um, one of the only things that doesn't discriminate. There's an right. awful lot of discrimination out there. Drugs don't discriminate. So, so what's next for Live for Lolly? Where do you go from here? What's what's the next five years going to be? Oh boy, um, you know, just more more grants and more growth. Uh, the more people that we can help, um, that is that is always my goal. Also, um, working on some legislative changes, like getting overdose prevention sites in the state of Illinois. Uh, we feel very strongly about that. That's what we need. And so explain uh, it. Explain it so people that don't know know what that is. You want me to go down that road, huh? Okay. Overdose prevention sites are places where people can bring their pre-purchased substances and use them in a safe environment that is manned with medical people. Uh, peer recovery support specialists, social workers, um, medical professionals that can provide primary medical care. And what we know, and you know, it's not just willy-nilly. There have been <clears throat> currently 200 overdose prevention sites around the world. 200. Um the United States got their first two a year ago in November. Two are of those them ones are in, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn and Harlem. Yeah, I'm. Well, I, what, I think we were together is, in D.C. when we met that guy that that runs them. He's amazing. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Rivera. Yes, Sam um, Rivera. Yeah. It. And I never ever would have thought that I was thinking that I would be thinking like this uh, 10, 15 years ago. But I can't dispute the data. And what the data tells us in these 200 overdose prevention sites around the world, 
over the past 40 years, so this isn't a new concept, can you guess how many overdose deaths there have been inside one of these places? A hundred? Zero. Wow. Zero. There has not been one overdose death in an overdose prevention site or a safe consumption site, as it's called in some places. Not so when, one. When Sam Rivera spoke, he was talking about, I thought he meant that he hadn't had any uh, overdose deaths in his place. That's really impressive to hear, none in, in all of them. But I remember him saying that it wasn't just a nasty flop house with a doctor. It was a nice place. It was a Starbucks where people could come in and yep. do what they needed to do. And he said that what he was seeing was people were tapering off of the yeah. use and that they were taking advantage of the resources for counseling and therapy that he made available to, to them. Again, yeah. this is one that's, this is, this is one that I'm still trying to grab hold of, you know, I'm still, still trying to get there, but I can respect it. I'm, I'm all about what's innovative and new and, and because what we've been doing hasn't worked. Uh -huh. So I'm I'm open to hearing this data and seeing these things and this. I, I would like to visit one and see what it's about and talk to the people. Um, well, hey, we're going in the fall to On Point in New York. Maybe are you can come along? Yep, I, I'd be happy to join that. Uh, I, I'm because you know. it is really it is really um, amazing, and you know. Okay, so maybe safe consumption sites are a new concept for a lot of people to be hearing. But you know what? We have them already, and they're called bars, where yeah. people go to to safely consume copious it's, it's not, amounts of alcohol. It's not a new concept. I remember, you know, every every high school had the cool mom that would let, you know, let the kids drink at her house because she felt like, eh, you know, at least they're they're under the watchful eye. So I get it. But, you know, I as much as I'm in stigma reduction, as much as I'm in recovery, recovering out loud, doing the whole thing, I, I still got that ingrained uh, drug addiction is a moral failing deep, deep, deep down and and I'm trying I'm trying to come out of it, but it it's it's you know it's like it's like getting closer to God, right? It, it's always yeah you're never quite always all the way there. So, uh, but I I respect it, and I would like I said I would be open to take that trip with you and, and see what it is. Yeah, it's it's really and Sam's become a friend, and I do talk to him frequently. Um, when, and it's not that someone, people don't overdose at OPSs because they do, but when they bring them back at, on point in, in New York city, they can, they can go up to the second floor, which has a salt room, uh, massage therapy. They have acupuncturists, you know, things to gently, um, return someone to a better state of being. And I'll tell you, when when you have someone who is chaotically using substances, they are used to people 
who feel that this is a moral failing or a character flaw. They're used to being um, looked at a certain way. So when you go somewhere and you're doing something that is deemed wrong and you have people that are embracing you, who are you going to go to when you're ready to make a change? Right. Right? And, the people and, and you who know, you loved said, you through it. You said about the chaotic use. And, and let's talk about that for a moment. Um, the chaos isn't in the use. When I was using drugs, if I had money, and I went and got three, four hundred dollars worth of crack. I disappeared for four or five days. You didn't see me. <laughs> there was Gerald wasn't a problem then. I, I'm lying. It wasn't four or five days, but I was gone for a little while. Um, but it was what I had to do in between when I had the drugs. It was how I had to get money, how I had to maneuver to be in a place where I could use it. Oh my God, I used it, but somebody came and now I got to move. And that's the, that's the chaos, right? Yes, yes. That's, always that's where chasing, I become a problem. Always, always scamming, always finding a way. And it's, it's a job. Yeah. So we yep. don't have much time left, Lauren. I don't. I know you have something to do, but I, there was something else I wanted to bring up. You're 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 putting together a group of people in our role, executive directors of organizations like ours. Uh, can we, we talk about that for a moment? What's going on with that? Yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, as you know, being um, an executive director, being the the top person and and I don't like hierarchies so that's hard for me to say it's a it's a lonely place it really is and when you're a small nonprofit you don't have the benefit of an HR department a finance department and I just said you know if I need to talk about some of these things with like-minded people I bet there's other people that would like that as well and I started asking people, you know, would you would you come to something like this where we can, you know, talk about our board and issues that we're having, talk about staff issues. Uh, the bigger that we've gotten, the more staff issues that we have. Mm -hmm. And I really don't know where to go with that. I don't know who to talk to about that. So I think if we if we come together in an open, non-judgmental, loving format, we can share ideas and solutions and goals and, you know, work on these things together because work that is shared is um, easier to carry. The load's easier to carry. You know, I, I, I really appreciate you doing that. I've been working for a few years now. In fact, you've been along for the ride since, you know, our first meeting of all the RCOs at RecoverCon 2. Um, nobody started off. The, when you ask the third grader, what do you want to be? Always, I want to be executive director of a recovery co community organization. You know, This isn't what we studied to do. This isn't where we, we plan to be. And yet here we are. And you're right. You know, I don't know that I'm always equipped to deal with what this job brings 
And so having support of other people, I, you know, like I said, you've become a friend. I call you all the time. You call me. I call Mike Tyson. I call Dora, right? Dr. Mary Roberson, you know, it's like, it's We're nothing. Family. For, yeah, it's nothing for me to call and be like, help, <laughs> you know, because I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. you know? And um, so it's just really cool that, that you're, you're putting that together. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think we have our first, I don't even remember, towards the end of February. I think it's the fourth Thursday, I think. I just wake up in the morning and look at my calendar and see what somebody told me I'm going to do that day. Yeah, man, the um, calendar is my Bible. Some people have other Bibles. Mine is the calendar. All right. Well, thank you for having this talk with me. I really appreciate it. I love, it's my favorite topic. All right. I just love, <laughs> I love people who use drugs. Yeah. I was one of those people and, and, and let's let's just say the love comes back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna close up here, folks. As you can hear, as always, every week you hear, uh there's people out there that wanna help. You know, I wanna help, Laura wants to help, but we can't help if we don't know that you're struggling. So please, please, please reach out. Laura, how do they get in touch with Live for Lowly? Um they can Email us info i n f o at live l i v e the number four lolly l a l i, or they can call us um, 844-584-5254 and leave a message. We also have a dedicated harm reduction line where if people need um, naloxone or supplies or need to connect with a recovery coach, they can call or text this number. And I'm trying to find it because I don't remember it. While you're looking for that, you said the Live for Lolly with the number four, but is that .com or .org? .org, I'm sorry. Okay. Live for Lolly, live the number four, Lolly. L-A-L-I.org. Or you can call and text or text our harm reduction phone, which is 224-297-4393. Awesome. So yeah, there's help out there. If you can't reach Live for Lolly, you know you can reach out to us at xvvor.org. Or you can call us at 779-707-0151. I ask every week, I will continue to ask, if you're struggling, call the police, call a hospital, call your church, call the next door neighbor, call the guy down the hall. Let's call somebody and let them know that you are struggling and you don't want to be alone. We die when we are alone. Please, please, please don't, don't, don't allow yourself to find yourself separated. You know, even in the animal kingdom, uh, animals know to stay with the pack, right? And, yep. and so... Let's please, let's please stay together, take care of one another. And until next week, take care of yourself. Thank you.